0: so the process of clearing clearing and renewal is a matter of heart and uh, this is the only place that counts really the rest of it comes from there what we think what we do with our lives depends on you know where the heart arises what possibilities there are for us to, live expressively, creatively, receptively, responsively rather than machine-like yeah. so a process of clearing is both of some degree of the content of heart the uh, emotional anxieties or irritations or hurts or dissonances which is often a main theme in Buddhist practice makes it seem like it's so miserable because it's always talking about all the things that are wrong but it's actually just <laughs> medical advice <laughs> uh, there is certainly there's a lot of good there that uh, is, is waiting, as its clearance can occur. In fact, one does have to imbibe some good tonic in order to even effect the process of clearance. The tonic of patience and resilience, energy, commitment, yeah, and generosity of heart towards oneself and others. Generous. Mm. Never give up. Mm. This process has to always take us back to heart and um while well, that's a difficult area as uh people mention and as we all know it's often it's going to be a place that's i think too vulnerable yeah feeling not enough support for that you know it's just too difficult to bear to open one's heart to life it's just too difficult too much unpleasant abrasive toxic impingement In the present, or in the memory, or in the future, it's just too difficult. Can't get the support for it. So the other thing that tends to happen is uh, so then we kind of leave it and go into our thoughts and run around and do stuff (laughs) uh, to keep away from it. The other alternative is to just close it or close it, which isn't always successful with a certain you know, closure of heart a certain dismissiveness or indifference or um, insensitivity towards oneself and towards others and with that of course, then one still has to think a lot and run around doing stuff <laughs> in different ways so these of course this is very you know stark but i mean it's rarely ultimately (laughs) finally true there's always some moderation in that in that trajectory we're not completely closed not completely dissociated but that's it tends towards and you get you know these zombie uh, experiences like uh you know nazis and so forth who cannot see another human being actually as another human being closure Mm. and this tends to happen as we can see not just in history like Nazi Germany but well pretty much a part of human culture is that that closing of the heart and the brutality and uh, you know it's not just a one-off event and then growing mechanization of human beings is indeed deeply concerning how you know, human beings get inducted into fitting into a time span a work a career get things done moving faster so in fact has to close because you can't really sensitive and feel what's going on is too much no time we should rush forward and so the result of this is we've seen and so called progressive societies is uh, lack of social cohesion, lack of family relationships, uh, dysfunctionality, uh, uh, and uh, brutality. Either literally physical brutality or attitudinal brutality. Just get on with it. You know. Inability to actually humanize. This is a uh, you know, kind of mechanization of, of people. Into the world is then a commodity to be sold, and people are commodities to be used. So this is um, this cultivation of hearts—not just the kind of esoteric piece of Buddhist practice. It's actually a, a requirement for health and sanity in the human domain. Now, to cultivate, to really encourage this, we're uh, using, say, using this energetic uh, level uh, because that's that's the that's the level at which you know we can experience these energies in our body. And so you notice that any emotional effect, pleasant or unpleasant, has always some kind of Shiver to it, emotional resonance, and you can pick that up in your body, in the nervous system, of your body. Obviously, very profound. ones it's very easy to see yourself shocked or stunned, or or overwhelmed, or or joyed, you know, brightened up. You can feel it, energy running through. And there's a kind of keyhole. You can hey, that's interesting, isn't it? Now we also recognise the body is this, but also it's basically associated with feet on the ground, you know, hands holding on to things, is tactile. <coughs> so by placing the two together, the emotional effective quality of the body with the sheer physicality of it, that is, you can feel your shoulders, your back, you can feel parts of you not being emotionally stimulated. And So you put the two together, so it's a the emotionally stimulated aspect of those energies to meet the non-stimulated and have a way of just draining, discharging or balancing so we're not sort of seized, knocked out contracted, blown away by experience, we've got some grounding there that just helps to moderate the input so you get a sense of placing the energetic experience of the emotive experience of body against the you might say more ordinary sensate experience of the body. You get what I mean? You hmm? know? So your emotions generally don't occur on your knees, for example. Other things occur on your knees which are probably unwelcome, but <laughs> they're not emotional experiences. So you get a sense of all this. And you notice also that emotional impact only really localizes you. You know, you feel it in your your face or most often in your chest and belly rarely in the back so you get this kind of that localization is a certain reduction of the span of one's sensitivity we get into the highly activated aspects of the ones that capture our attention whereas energy does run through the whole body yeah and as you train in sensitivity and meditation you can feel yeah plenty of energy in my hands And my feet too, if I really get into it. And there's a thigh. Back, yeah, that's that. It's not just sensation, it's a certain vitality. So we encourage these, uh, these aspects of our embodiment, because these not only bring you more alive, but also give you a much wider net to receive impact, emotional impact with. And in that wider net, you're not so torn or knocked around or contracted now generally what occurs when there's emotional impact is a contraction occurs and something either grabs hold of it if it's pleasant or clusters around it if it's negative there's a contraction to resist something so we harden up or some contraction to hold on to something so again we grip yeah and these are the basic of which there are different kinds obviously polarities of of emotional impact and some of it's kind of trembly it's just shifting from one to the other trying to find out how it fits so we notice this you can notice this experience anything that's felt in in your heart will have a bodily resonance of some kind or another. the beauty of that is there's no there's no storyline in that, there's no past in it, it's just now, the body doesn't think oh she shouldn't have done that, it doesn't do that, you oh. <laughs> so it's very simple and there's the complications of what I should have done and why is he like that and why don't people treat me like this, oh, you know, how is it, it doesn't do that just a simple impact of disagreeable or agreeable or that which is uncertain holding that that makes it a lot simpler and in the absence of that uh, proliferation of emotional uh, questioning or worrying or planning or trying to figure out that, that agitation then the 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 effect is felt quite simply and cleanly and we just I'm able to referring to that to the energetic web, you know, that impact like a fly hitting spider's web impact you know, holder. And you notice then that the impact just shimmers and fades. Resonance like the sound of a bell, Dong. because there isn't that additional uh, agitation of doubt or or and so on. Now that additional agitation uh, as it's uh, experienced, produces images of myself and others. And this is where it starts to get locked. Yeah. These are, when I say images, these are heart images. There may be a sort of quasi-visual aspect to it, but these are heart images. Impressions of feeling small or huddling. Or feeling magnificent. <laughs> Don't get rid <any> of them. <laughs> the feeling, of the hardness, or the sharpness, or the sound, or the sweetness, of course, and you get these kind of heart impressions, and they easily crystallize. And they're part of what our, our hearts do, because then we oh, that's so and so, and you get that, oh yeah, that heart impression, but in the agitation these get fixed and whole stories get woven around them she's that, you typical him he never does this, why doesn't she do that you can't expect much of them, he's only one of those you know, kind of thing goes on, so you get this mental story builds up around these images and impressions and of course the this does the same around ourself or that which receives the impressions I can't manage it, I'm better than he is he she doesn't understand me. You know it's all a relational experience. The left out one the one who got left out or so on. Well, most of these images are actually distressful because that's why they stick they haven't actually been able to be resolved. So we can find ourselves very much occupied with a lot of these ghosts who pop up now and then here am I making an idiot of myself again (laughs) you know that one pops up you idiot or something like that there's her telling me what to do again she always does that always? you mean non-stop 24 hours a day? no, you've got a bookmark there which means that she said that yesterday and last Thursday also and the week before that. So that means always. It's, it's complete. You know, Nobody does things always. It's impossible. But in that bookmark, we'd miss out the times. She didn't do that. We missed those occasions. So you get this little bookmark people. And you become one of them and other people become them. So you get this kind of occupation of the heart with these ghosts and which one begins to defend oneself against oh well, here she comes again <laughs> yeah. so, it'll, so it gets quite a lot of strategizing going on in there and complicated and here am I, I'm really like this a bit of an idiot so I'll try to be one of these images so I won't look like an idiot I am an idiot but at least <laughs> if I put one of these on, I won't look like such an idiot. <laughs> if I do this, then I'll look okay. What is it I'm supposed to have forgotten? What it is that will make me not look like an idiot? Because I am an idiot. So you come with some kind of uh, strategy or something or the other. You know, imagining already that other people see you as an idiot, and worse sometimes. So we get an incredible worry, anxiety, and trying to find the right image that will suit what we imagine the other person thinks of us what we imagine the other person thinks of us, that's a lot of imagining I imagine the other person I imagine what she thinks of an imagined me <laughs> whereas yeah, imagined me of I have is probably not the same as the way she sees me. And so we're dealing with this incredible mass of confusion. And clearing these, uh, we have to, uh, (laughs) you know, the ability to patiently bear with, and not add more movement to it, more story to it. And to uh, have a certain openness of one's heart about what, how you experience yourself, how you experience others, however uncomfortable that may be, just so that you're no longer so dazzled by the images or the or the stories or the impressions, you you meet the baseline of the of the emotion, which is sad, uh, uncertain, uh, uh, annoyed, you know, whatever it is. Uh, this kind of baseline of the emotion, then that's the that's that little that piece there, that energetic baseline of emotion, that's the that's the piece that you want, really. But on that piece of you know anxiety I feel anxious when I'm in a room full of people. Or there is anxiety when that experience of one of me, fourteen of them occurs when that experience occurs there's this ripple of anxiety but actually if I really focus on that at that place there's no room there's no place there's just impressions everybody is in a room with 14 other people With 15 of us every single person is in a room with 14 other people (laughs) and they're not all focusing on any one person so it's not like there's only one singularity in a 14 group there are 14 singularities right? and there's a certain amount of uncertainty is that so wrong? We don't really know that. Don't know. Not knowing, there can be this feeling of anxiety because what we do know is that human beings can profoundly hurt us, and uh, we know that they could love us, which would be great, but they could also hurt us. So the best to make sure we're. Yeah it's a rip of anxiety is that so unusual or wrong no it seems quite sensible actually and then we receive that particular experience and don't add the images and the stories to it and open out into the body and just like that okay and let that one pass through what one notices if you stay in that territory of heart is when any of these uh, resonances pass through as they pass passing, you stay there there's a sort of little open joyfulness that occurs you actually open the heart the heart opens and the ending of one of these emotional impressions as they fade is a quiet opening of heart because we've stayed in the territory of heart through its turbulence or its delight through that emotional wave we've stayed in that territory and when the wave softens and declines that territory of heart is just open attentive warm, sympathetic because that's the nature of heart now if we can practice that it means that every the big story is that every emotional movement can, if it's processed, take us back to that open, sensitive, sympathetic quality heart we don't lose heart whereas if I build up big defense strategy or a big performance strategy or ways I can avoid feeling or being seen then you don't because we've kind of closed closed the territory of heart down and uh, we don't get that same open sympathetic warm quietly joyful quality And this actually is our, our birthright as humans now I'm not saying that we shouldn't feel fear or happiness or excitement but that possibility to be touched by those Experiences and let them move through. Particularly when we can say, with our, with our mm-hmm. rational system, say, "Yeah, um, feeling a bit nervous, but there's no weapons here. Actually, there's no kind of aggression. Being this precept and so forth, it's just it's just an old habit." So. We may, and often we may know these habits my nervousness or my depressiveness or my feeling of self-criticism I know them but that knowing them doesn't, doesn't change them because it's not a matter of knowing them through your rationality and telling yourself you shouldn't have them or to cheer up or to be bright or that, that you're dealing with something the wrong way that system doesn't do it The rational mind doesn't work on the emotions. You can't say to to your emotions, be happy, be comfortable. Mm -hmm. From a rational perspective. And so this is confusing. Mm -hmm. Why am I so... I must be hopeless. I'm still anxious after all these years. Well, because we didn't approach it the right way. We didn't approach it from the heart. We approach it from the mind, which we place a great deal of trust in. The rational, organising, measuring mind, because that's the that's the mainstream of our education, our induction, our success in a in a uh, workaday world is our ability to organise things rationally. It certainly, is another great gift, but one thing it cannot do is mediate our emotions. And uh, uh, this is not a small failing. <laughs> this is actually quite serious consequences to that. This is where the anxiety, the depression, the fear, the hatred, the bitterness, the grief remains un- unextinguished, buried. No, in uh, This fundamental quality of heart is called empathy. The Buddhist word for it is anukampa. Anukampang. Um, It's the ground state of heart. It means something like sympathy. The word literally means to to resonate in the presence of something. You get a sort of a shimmer. You're touched by. You're touched by living beings. They touch you, touch the heart, you shiver. You're touched by life. It's no longer humdrum. It's no longer whole oh, another day. It's oh look at that. It's very much present and sensitive. Oh, <laughs> this faculty, <laughs> of course in a worker day world where we where the idea is to make things known finalized you don't have to relate to them just switch something on get something going this is the time eight o'clock there's the car it will get you there there's the there's the route there's the you know, whatever it is gps will get you there so you can more or less just go and run automatic in a, a world of flat finished reliable objects they're not reliable (laughs) but that's the promise flat reliable insensitive objects are just there and as we orient around that then starts to affect other people to be flat reliable objects yeah this is the you know, this person, or this is the worker, or this is the, you know, we see, we see things in, in flat statements, ob- objectively, and the, the actual human resonance of sympathy is diminished. Now, a lot of time people see people on screens now, on screen it's, oh him again, wow, hmm. oh, wow, her, you know, something like that. They, they become images. They're not. There's no. There's no relationship there. And so that kind of approach can affect how we relate to others and ourselves. And we maybe try to create a flat image of ourselves as reliable, this way, fixed, always, uh, and it isn't and because of that we say when well, it's fixed there's something that's always a bit broken <laughs> you know a fixed broken thing or a fixed twisted thing that's the way i am uh, and then there's kind of what happens with that that's the way i am wow you feel the resonance of that it's pretty miserable isn't it it's like giving up lost heart artfulness. And sympathy. It doesn't mean it's just resonating with. We hear uh, a thing for life. Life is vitality. Life is an energetic process. It's trembling, resonant, shimmering, never exactly the same from moment to moment. You know, this is one of the fundamental meditative realizations. It's nothing's a thing all experience is just pulsing, shifting, vibrant Mm -hmm. sometimes mesmerizing Mm -hmm. in that the mind is very awake everything is awake, attentive, receptive Mm -hmm. this base layer, primal sympathy then we return to Uh, When you begin to get that sense, you you return to some of these fixities, what some of them are called I am, or I never, or I was, or what happened to me seven years ago, or what my father did or didn't do, Uh, these kind of little pieces of bookmarked frozen images Stuck there with their emotional casing around them. And these are places we've got to massage back to life, however, you know, however that may be. And we so that we detect, you know, the, the, the quality of, of regret or of fear or whatever it was, you know. Okay, and you want to get to the baseline of that emotion the energetic quality the emotion, instead of well it should have been this and it never did that and I'll forget about it anyway and after all everyone's like that and da 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 da, da. instead of all that mental agitation is this is like this maybe it's uncomfortable stay with it open wide and soften around just this baseline of that energetic emotional vibration Whining to allow it to speak and move through. This is clearance, isn't it? And you know, a lot of uh, meditation is about quietening the thinking mind, uh, but. Mm, I wouldn't really make too much of that. The thing in my mind will quieten down when its underlying basis is resolved. Why does my mind think so much? Because I'm nervous, so I want to get all this planned and fixed because I don't feel very secure in the unknown. If my mind is constantly... Da, 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 da. And of course sometimes it's your job anyway. But when it when it happens, like you don't have a job or you're not particularly busy, and your mind is still going, duh, 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 and tomorrow in February and March, and it could be that, could be this, because there's a fundamental instability, you can't settle. Now, getting upset about it is not going to make it any different. Beating yourself up about it does no good whatsoever. In fact, bad. Just trying to suppress it all, you get tired of. <laughs> So we've got to go to the, under, the baseline of the emotional resonance underneath our turbulent thinking process. And I would suggest a lot of it can be resolved by this quality of loving kindness. Just establish that around the thinking mind. Like you're talking into it. Reassuring it. You're okay. It's okay. you know. Quality of loving kindness. This is the opening of the heart. So, the quality of metta is the fundamental uh, relational shift So if we say that this quality of anukampa is the primary uh, uh, feature of heart in its most fundamental basis then when it relates to an object, when an object drops into that that pool then there is one Response can be of kindness, which is let me feed it, let me give it something, let me this uh, nervous agitated thought, let me give it something, this uh, embittered um, muttering in my mind, let me give it something. You know this quality of uh, metta, Uh, and it really transcends self and other because you can certainly. Hear those tones come from other people, or what we call other people. We can hear those tones. This is her feeling apologetic. You know, I'm sorry I couldn't do. It's okay. You know, I hear that. I know that tone. Yeah, this is really helpful, isn't it? You and me, it's okay. We just do what we can. Uh, How that is. uh, It's not complicated. It's remembering to do that shift, seeing things from the heart instead of from the, but it's 10 o'clock, but it's it's your job, and it's 10 o'clock, and it shouldn't be this way. (laughs) It's not going to do anything, is it? (laughs) It's just far from, oh my God, sorry. Stress. Yeah. And we might get round to that detail later. Well, oh yeah, that's that's dear. Yeah, we should have, I don't know what we can do about that. The first thing is to meet the person, isn't it? In in that that in that state. Just, let's get the meta, first of all, the opening of the heart, in sympathy with the person rather, but you're the cook. You're the cook. You're the mechanic. You're supposed to fix this. No, you're not a mechanic. You're human, (laughs) and stuff happens. Oh yeah. Mm. So, mm, change of plan. What can we do about this then? We'll we'll figure it out. Once we enter into that cooperative (laughs) arrangement, then you know things go the best they can. And I think with, if you really value heart, you realise well this was actually it was much better to have a a warm, you know, okay, no stress situation and actually have things run exactly on time and, you know, what are we here for anyway? <laughs> is life just about doing a job? <laughs> yeah. and you realise when, when a heart meets a heart, isn't that really worthwhile? Yeah, something that just is of another, another category than efficiency or getting something working or getting the cup of coffee exactly right. Isn't it so lovely when just heart meets heart? And you feel a sense of enriched at that place of resonance. Well, to me, what are we here for? <laughs> you know, what are we here for as human beings? you know, we're in, we're in a system we that cannot cannot we cannot win it's a no win situation in terms of the system there's no winners there's only stressors stressed <laughs> yeah. and about to win about to but never do quality of meta is this just the willingness to move into a heartful uh, relationship with what arises could be a situation, could be another person's stuff, could be your own stuff you could say it's the immediate opening the heart it, rather than figuring it out karuna, compassion, recognition, the the line. Where, where is the, the stressing in this and rather than uh, you know, even trying to stop it, just first of all, could I move cl- cl- closer to it empathically? So it's the willingness to approach suffering empathically. And this is quite a profound uh, transformation because. Most of us want to get as far as we can away from that stuff, pronto. Makes sense doesn't it? But uh, as one probably realizes, uh, you don't get away from it by running away from it. (laughs) It follows you and gets a bit bigger. as it stays in the heart yeah and I think um, certainly in terms of my own experience the the pangs of regret are over occasions where uh, one has uh, avoided or shelved compassion for the sake of convenience or duty or obligation sorry I've got to do this right now or well, that's your problem. Or well, I'm busy. You know, and yeah, true. And yet, if could it have taken ten seconds longer just to pause and feel compassion, express it, would it be so difficult? One gets uh, inducted into these models of getting the job done, time stuff you me and all that I can't I can't fix it so I don't want to hear it clearly I can't fix it then why should I bother to listen to it but compassion isn't about fixing it it's not about having an answer or a solution it's about being prepared to open to the disagreeable resonate with it and something occurs by itself an involuntary, transference of energy that occurs and it's so so thoroughly documented you know because people don't realize there is such a thing as, a, as, as an energetic medium because we can't see it with our eyes or you know, we thinking about some sort of superstitious or very astral and out there it's pretty basic fundamental and you, in between people it's happening all the time, there's energetic shifts and transfers and resistances and openings, you can sense them. Particularly if you operate from the heart, or reservation, I don't know if I really want to be there open yet, give me some time. Understandable. So whenever that, that experience of compassion is a, an energetic connection or empathic connection to, to the suffering of another, it's so helpful in itself because the real pain and problem is isolation. You know, it's that when you're cut off, when you're excluded, when you know you're left on your own. You know, you know not not because other people have gone but because they've deliberately cut you off when they said no we are not I'm not with you and that's kind of a clear experience it's not that somebody's died or moved away but they've been there and they've just shut heart the withdrawal of love the withdrawal of empathy is brutal really And the and the turning back to it itself is restorative, because then sure, yeah, you know, I have to deal. I, I'm in this disease. Sure, I'm in this pain. Sure, I've lost this, but my heart is not crushed by that. And, you know, and and you know, we're human beings. We realize, yeah, we're subject to mortality, failure, breakdowns, and stuff like that. But if we're not excluded through that then the magnificence of our heart is it can rise up and it can handle this we're not crushed by it you know being stuck out on your own on a mountain is frightening being on a mountain with five other people you feel a sense of camaraderie it's just so normal isn't it going to visit somebody in hospital what can you do? Give a bunch of flowers? Seems pathetic, doesn't it? Got no medicine, but just well, somebody took the time to come and see me. Heart connection. So important. I remember a story, one of the monks was saying his grandmother was in a coma. So then doctors had ruled her out for any kind of She's out of it basically, she can't move, she doesn't say anything. She's in this coma for I I don't know, a couple of years or so, her grandmother. So her daughter, which is the monk's mother, would go and visit her mother every two weeks, sit by her bed and talk to her. Nothing happened, I mean, bring her some flowers, say hello, talk to her a little bit. Okay leave come back two weeks later same thing mother comatose so one day the woman the gets a phone call from the hospital we think she's she's looked like she's dying if you want to see your mother before she dies you better get here quick so she comes rushing over to the hospital goes to her mother's bedside and mother's line is a coma mother opens her eyes and says thank you passes away. So you know that's that's the that's that's the level you know, this energetic level, even when the senses have closed, apparently, when we look like we're encased in these physical bodies, that's what it looks like. But that's just a visual presentation of experience. We're not, are we? (laughs) Really, you know, you're moved by people who aren't in this room, Uh, you're being affected by things in the past, Uh, where's the boundary between you? Can you feel it And the rest of the world? You hear the sounds coming, the voices, the warmth, the temperature in the room, and that's just on the sensate level, let alone on the energetic level. We're really just uh, webs of experience. And You know, we all, as we resonate across these webs, we pick up meanings and and relationships and contexts that have deep connective strength to them. The power of compassion touches into that. Because at the point when one feels most alone, most isolated, most different, you know, I'm in hospital, I'm the person who can't walk, I'm the, you know, so and so hasn't got any money. At that pace, when one's most feeling most excluded, just the presence of another being is just such a uh, an input for restoration to others, and of course to those lost places in ourselves that we've pushed away as being pathetic or failed or weak or inadequate. You want to turn to those. the irritable one. You know, the one who's always so closed down and defensive. The one who has no compassion whatsoever. Well, let's bring her in and sit her down. You know? So you just be exactly like that, that's fine with me. Because in there, if you're a human being, in heart is in there. It's there. And it doesn't respond to being pressure being pushed or named or pandered to. It just enter sympathetically. These are profound practices. And uh, nature heart doesn't work in terms of clock time that is means uh, for a start, it means it doesn't happen like bingo, I've done it for three seconds, it should work by now. <laughs> I read what's on the can, it says compassion, okay, here's compassion slap, go on, cheer up. It doesn't, doesn't work by just throwing words at it. It works at this place of where we drop some of our self-impression of being even the one who can help. We're not trying to kind of... The more one can commune on an empathic level rather than here am I helping you, no, that's not quite right. There is a sense of resonance around the discordant experience or the wavering experience or the stressed experience. And, you know, take it in and open the heart to it. And of course there's the appreciative qualities, gladness. And then to find that uplift. So you feel another person's uplift and you you participate in that. Something you is raised up by the goodness and the beauty of other people's actions. And equanimity is the ability to stay open to the shift and the changes and the endlessness of it all. There's no finishing line. There's no that's it, all solved, no there's no that's it doomed no there's no doom no there's no heaven there's no hell it's just here we go <laughs> and stay open to the the frequencies um, without rushing in and without pulling back these are profound practices of course in uh, the pragmatism of our practice is that, for a start, we uh, need to, well, first of all, find our bodies, connect the heart to the body, I don't know if this is a first of all, but that's that's an important principle. That is to begin to resonate some positive energy, such as, this is the sacred, this is the harmless, this is the trustworthy, this is the cooperative, resonate, act, speak, think act do it keep doing it keep doing it till so that particular energetic resonance travels in when you're getting some feeling of it's you know the heart feels it can open up because we're in a place or a situation or a relationship where there is a positive resonance or there's no negative resonance even the absence of a negative resonance is good the sense of well it's okay, you know. But then certainly in meditation retreats, as as I've mentioned when we began, you start with that recognition and expression of appreciation that everyone is practicing nonviolence, harmlessness, trustworthiness, honesty, and you know and trying to keep that theme going and cooperation so it's a, this atmosphere kalyanamita atmosphere, spiritual friendship atmosphere is just an important workplace even within that, even within that one's still going to come up with some regrets and some anxieties and some irritation yeah. but at least you've got something to refer it to and to keep coming back to so the heart is, is not just seizing up or even again with meditation not asking yourselves to feel a certain way you have the right to be as miserable as you like you know, let it out ventilate because there, that that sense of spaciousness is so important no failures, no successes no no better than you know once we're relieve of that pressure, we find there's a you know often a sink of energy because we've probably been running on those paradigms and perhaps developed an overdraft so there's a bit of a sink of energy, and then okay, I don't feel very good, but baby seems to mind it's okay one eye comes open. Ooh. To come up, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that you know, to be arising from the heart, not from the will, not from the achievement, but just the arising, because arising is the nature of the heart. Uh, so then we have, then you notice the places where there's that flinching or stirring or agitation or anxiety or self-imaging like I'm not, I'm not, when she sees I'm not what she wants me to be or I wonder what he, you know, just, okay, good, good, notice that, anxiety, uncertainty. Put aside images of self and other and deal fundamentally with the emotional baseline of that, the energetic baseline of that emotion, open to that, everybody gets this and allow it to clear, this is clearing. At the end of that you'll find that open, unoccupied, unoccupied with destination, unoccupied with purpose, unoccupied with self imagery an unoccupied place in the heart which is sweet sensitive open touch that many times and as that energy as as that picks up the heart's nature is then how can i relate to this one that arises and these qualities called the Aptamana, the measured states, uh, are uh, generated or come forth.